it's great that we we keep seeing all this generation of children growing up to young adults and then go off to school and then we have a new children again okay god really loves and bless those little children and today we will remember that jesus as we celebrate we memorate on thursday jesus go back to the father he ascended to heaven and you can imagine the disciples they were with jesus for three years day in day out and they were always you know under the guidance of jesus they go wherever jesus go they help him whatever jesus is doing and now after they were being shocked by his death on the cross and they rejoice oh yes jesus three days later you were alive and they were rejoice but then now jesus left them to go back to the father you can imagine even though they were so happy that jesus was resurrected that he was alive but now they have to be separated again so this is a time of transition this is a real important transition time and jesus told the disciples it is better for me to go back so that when jesus already being seated on the throne and he received the promised holy spirit it says that he will send the holy spirit to the disciples so jesus said it is better for me to go back there so i can send the holy spirit why it is better because now the holy spirit will start a new age in the church age where god says the kingdom of god is in you so the holy spirit he will come into whoever welcome him is not limited to the land of israel where jesus was ministering to but now it's available to everyone everywhere in the whole world who welcome the holy spirit and the holy spirit will be inside of them so the kingdom of god is in you so that's why jesus say it's better but now we will see that you know for the disciples after they for a short while 40 days after jesus was being resurrected they were seeing jesus again they listened to his teaching about the kingdom of god for 40 days but now it's time to be separated again so this is not an easy transition but jesus know full well that when they receive the holy spirit they will be strengthened from the inner being 
So here we see today there is a waiting order. There is a command from Jesus for this transitioning time. You have to wait. You know, in transition time, it's very important. Because when you step into the new season, you need to have a new level of understanding. You need to have a new perspective. And you need to have a new faith, level of faith. You need to have a new level of understanding. Otherwise, you will be keep living in the past and not ready to move to the next thing that God is having for you. So the waiting time is very important to prepare us. So now let's read. If you have your Bible, you can open it up with me. In Acts 1, verse 3 until 5. If you have found it, let's just stand up together and read these few verses together. Okay, Acts 1, verse 3. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Amen. Please be seated. So in these few verses, we find the compact information of what was very important. You know, when you are with someone that is leaving this earth soon, for example, someone who has only one day to live, you know, you will use the 24 hours to live very well. You will not just ha 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 he, he, gossiping here, just having fun there. No, you will use your time for what is really important in your life. 24 hours left. And you will call maybe your children. You will tell them your last message. And those are really thoughtful, really important things that you want to pass it on before you leave. And that's exactly what Jesus was doing. After he was speaking to the disciples 40 days about the kingdom of God, because that is what is coming. And then in verse 4, he said, Do not leave Jerusalem, but you have to wait for the promise of the Father. What is the promise? You will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So now the question is, why Jesus don't just give them the promise? Why they have to wait? Jesus can't just send them the promise one day after. Just send it, give it to them. But in fact, that's not what happened. 
The disciples have to come together and they have to pray together. They have to wait. They don't know how long. And we know, we read that they were praying together for 10 days without, you know, cut off intervals. You know, it's continuing. They stay together. And this is very important. We see how God works. God give us promises, right? I believe each one of us, we receive God's promises. If you don't have promises of God, read your Bible and get the promise. Because it's all in the Bible, in the Word. And you get the promise for yourself. You get the promise for your family. You get the promise for your children. And when you already have the promise, what happened? You have to wait. And God is really, is maturing us in the process of waiting. He did not just give us instant promises. And this has happened in the Bible all over. You see David, David received the promise, but he did not get it. Maybe until 13 years later, Abraham received the promise and he had to wait 25 years. Joseph received the promise and he had to wait. And also Abraham being given the promise, you will see your descendants as many as the stars on the sky. And when he died, he did not even see the promise, but he saw it from afar. He knew it was coming. So the promises of God requires our endurance, requires our remembrance our waiting on it because God see when you really value the promise you will keep it and if you trust the promiser you will wait for it and that's what God is looking for and we see let's read from one example, this is David. How this command to wait is not just only one event, but God wants it to be a lifestyle. God does not want the disciple to, okay, Lord, now we are ready to preach. Okay, now we are ready to witness. God say, no, 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 you stay. Don't do anything else. Just pray and wait. So sometimes in our lives, we like to rush into things because we like to just get it done and get it over. But God really wants that we seek His guidance first. We seek His face first. For example, when you are angry, you are upset with your children, 
and you feel like da, 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 da. that's our natural right inclination but then if we want to wait lord help me not to speak in the wrong way help me lord to speak to my child what do you want me to tell him or tell her now that's very pleasing to god when you wait on god for direction on words to say to speak and we see the examples of david from psalm 25 verse 3 david say indeed none who wait for you shall be put to shame they shall be ashamed who are wantonly treacherous david he had a lifestyle of waiting on God. He doesn't just go and do it on his own strength, even though he was a skilled warrior. He knew how to go into war. He knew how to put on strategy to win the war. But David's lifestyle is a lifestyle of waiting on God. You know how many times David can just kill King Saul, who is running after him to kill him. And when there was opportunities, it was so easy for David just to kill King Saul. But David said, no, no, no. I don't want to touch him. And David let God deal with King Saul on God's time. So finally, King Saul, finally after he was going after David to kill him all these years, finally one day Saul went to battle with the Philistines. And in that battle, Saul and his sons, they were all killed. So that was God's way of doing it. And when David heard the news of Saul's death, he was not like, yes, finally. He was not like that. He was mourning. He was lamenting for the death of Saul and his sons. That's the heart of David. He doesn't take things into his own hands. He does not take vengeance on his own hands. Psalm 27 verse 14. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. You know, to wait. Waiting is something that is uncomfortable, right? If we can choose, we don't like to wait. We don't like to be right now. I want it now. But David said, wait for the Lord. Be strong. Let your heart take courage for someone to wait for God's perfect way. You need to be strong. I heard a testimony of a man who received a word from God, God told him, 
that on this particular place, he should drill and there he should find oil. So he heard it from God. And God said, you follow my direction one by one. Don't go after investors, but you follow my direction. And he used all his money, millions of dollars, to get the land and to do the drilling. On the step of drilling, just very few last steps before finding the oil, God say, stop. Stop it now. And because at the beginning, he already make a decision, I want to obey you, God. So he stopped. And he said, that was the hardest thing to obey. Because he knew it was just only a few more steps and they will find it. And God says, stop, it's not time yet. And in another place, another man who was uh, doing it with investors, they have spent a lot more money because the investors was like, come on, let's do it, let's do it. So they put a lot of money. And finally, that other man loses all the investment in that project. You know, waiting is something that is very hard. If you are not strong, you cannot wait, right? If you do not have determination, you do not have courage in your heart, you cannot wait for the right time. All you guys and girls who are single, when God says, wait, it takes courage, it takes strength to wait for the time. Psalm 31 verse 24, be strong, let your heart take courage, all you who wait for the Lord. When you allow God to be in His timing, do it at the right time, at the right place, everything will be beautiful. But if we don't wait, things can become sour, right? So in Psalm 37, in this whole chapter, David keep repeating the message to wait. Verse 7, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. Verse 9, for the evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land. Verse 34, wait for the Lord and keep his way. And he will exalt you to inherit the land. You will look on when the wicked are cut off. So here in 37, when they see all the wicked people, you know, how they prosper. Oh God, they don't follow you. They follow their own way. And look, they enjoy their lives. They have a lot of money. 
they have pleasures. They just, they just have fun. While the righteous, while the one who obey God, sometimes we're having suffering, having problems. But David said, you wait. Because you should not be jealous of the evil people. You should not be jealous of their ways, which maybe looks faster, quicker, can get the result. But sometimes waiting for God, it seems like, Lord, when, when? But when you wait and believe that God's way are perfect, you will wait. So the disciples were waiting. So let's read number two. Waiting, not only just wait and do nothing. Wait and do whatever. But the disciples waiting in prayer. Waiting is difficult. Prayer is difficult. Now you have to wait in prayer. Let's read from Acts 1, 12 until 14. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away. And when they had entered, they went up to the upper room where they were staying, Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Sealot, and Judas the son of James. All these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. So number two, when we are to wait, here we have the example, you wait in prayer. Now the Bible, you know, they are Bible is very concise. You know, our Bible is not like encyclopedia with volumes of many volumes. No, Bible is only just one book. But even in that concise account in verse 13, the Bible takes place to write down each one of the names of the disciples. They just want to make sure all these people, one by one, Peter, John, James, Andrew, they, each one of them, they are together waiting in prayer. And verse 14, with one accord, devoting themselves to prayer. God told the disciples, you don't leave Jerusalem, but wait. And in order to wait to pray, you will find strength when you pray together. We can all testify when we say, okay, I pray at home. Yes, you can pray at home, but sometimes it's so difficult, right? Just this week, we had a prayer and fasting for our full-timers here in the church. We pray from 10 until one, from 9.30 until 1.30. So for those hours, we pray together. Now, if it were only alone, praying alone, it would be like one hour. Maybe that's good. Two hours maybe. But when we pray together, 
We can stay together. We can encourage one another. Just like when you see a piece of coal, when that piece of coal is only alone, it's so hard to stay burning. But when the coals is together with other coals, they were burning together. Because when we come together, all the angels also come together. There is strength in unity. That's why I, we really encourage you. We have prayer for the baptism of the Holy Spirit starting tomorrow, Monday until Thursday, 6 p.m. until 7.30 here in this place, 6.4. So we invite you, come. Come and pray together. Because when you are together, when we are together, the fire is bigger. And we can keep the fire alive. There is a place for private prayer. But you cannot neglect. You cannot ignore. You cannot left out corporate prayers. How long can you stay by your own in your personal prayer without corporate prayers? Who wants to go to war by himself? Nobody. Even a skilled soldier, when he has to go by himself, that's a suicide mission, right? You need your team. You need people to be together. So that's the same with corporate prayer. We do have here in the AOI, every Wednesday, we have prayer. Any one of you who feel the stirring of God to join, please join. And you can uh, get connected with our sister, Esti. And besides that, every Saturday, downstairs, first floor, we have prayer for one hour, six until seven. Please come. It's a time when you are personally, you know, we invite people, you want to kneel down, just kneel down, you know, kneel down on the chairs and maybe you want to sit, it's okay, you can sit. So it's, it's, it's more informal, but we give time, we give place for people, a space for them just to have personal Prayer with God, but yet together. So we invite you. That's every Saturday. And every day, daily, we also have prayer here from 8 until 12. So all these disciples with one accord. This is amazing. When God is working in our hearts, when God by the Holy Spirit is working it's him who can bring us together in unity. And then we continue in Acts chapter 2, the next chapter. When the day of Pentecost arrived, which is 10 days later, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. 
and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So after 10 days being together and praying, devoting themselves to prayer together, and they were still together in one place. This is what God is longing to see in the church. God doesn't like division in the church. God doesn't like, he, you can read it over in the New Testament. Divisive spirit, don't associate with it. You don't hang out with people with divisive spirit, which is, you know, put you A against B, C against D. So that's what was this divisive talk in the back of others bad about other people. That's divisive spirit, and God doesn't like those kind of spirit in the church. And this is what God is dreaming of. God is dreaming the church to be together, one heart, one spirit, praying together. No one was missing from the disciples, from the women, from the mother of Jesus and his brothers. They were all mentioned there. They were all together. And who can do this? They come together because of Jesus. That's the only reason that can put us together because of Jesus. So if we have personal ambition, oh, I want to be known, I want to have all the credit for me, there can be no unity. But if you come because of Jesus, that's why you find in the whole world in the Christian world, we have many denominations, right? And, and that's okay. But the body of Christ will come together only, only for one reason, to worship Jesus. You cannot put people together by the same doctrine. It will not happen. Trust me. But you can put people together to worship Jesus. And it's done by the Holy Spirit. If you read in Ephesians 4, it says, We have one Spirit, one God, one faith, one hope, one calling. So if the one who calls us is one, why are we being divided? There must be another kind of spirit that is not the spirit of God. Maybe it's a spirit of bitterness, spirit of hatred, spirit of jealousy, envy. Those things are not 
from God. That's in James 4. But the Spirit of God will bring unity so fast. Jesus told the disciples what kind of spirit you are of. When the disciples say, Jesus, they minister. They are not our group. They're not from us. And the disciples say to those people who reject Jesus, Jesus, send fire from heaven and destroy them. And Jesus said, what kind of spirit you are? We can be a disciple of Jesus, but we operate with a different kind of spirit. Test yourself. Check yourself. And Jesus was so straightforward telling Simon Peter, get behind me, Satan. So at that time, Peter went and said, oh Lord, you should not suffer. Don't let this happen to you. When Peter accept the thought in his mind, and speak with his mouth what he believed in his mind, Jesus said, you are operating under the spirit of Satan. So our position, our service to the Lord does not guarantee that we operate by the spirit of God. That's why if we want this unity in prayer, we need the Holy Spirit. When each one of us, we are seeking, desiring the same one spirit. And it says, we drink of the same spirit. If we drink of the same spirit, Holy Spirit. We drink from the same spirit. We should receive the same thing. And what happened when we are together, united in prayer? There is power in unity. God says, when the two of you agree together in prayer, Ask whatever you want. There is agreement in prayer too. That's why husband and wife, or you are parent and child, you agree together. Ask according to God's heart, it will be done for you. And this is more than two. 120, they come together. So when we come, by the Spirit of God, our fellowship is holy. Anything that is unholy is not of the Holy Spirit. So anytime you meet up in houses for connect groups, you need to be aware whom 
are you inviting? We invite the Holy Spirit. We cannot pretend we just use the name Christian gathering, but there is no Holy Spirit. And when God was looking at these people, praying together for, for what, 10 days together in one heart. So at the right time, the sound from heaven, rushing mighty wing, and then it filled the entire place. So this is already supernatural. Is of the supernatural realm. And tongues of fire appeared and rested on each one of them. You know, Holy Spirit is being pictured as a fire. Sometimes when you become followers of Christ, one year, wow, you are so zealous. Yes, I want to do this. I want to read my Bible. I want to pray. But then after 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, do you still have the same fire? The fire is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who can lead it up. That's why we pray, Lord, send your fire again. Give us a greater fire. And the fire is not only being lit in your life, it's not going to uh, move you to do things according to his desires but God's fire the Holy Spirit fire will also burn everything that is not pleasing to God you know when all kinds of people can follow can follow God you 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 just picture in your mind the tabernacle. You can be in the court. In the court, is, there is the, the altar that reminds, of, reminds us of the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. And they have a baptism. Reminds, of the, reminds us of the water baptism. You can be Christian in the court. You just live because Jesus saved you because you were being baptized. And if you want to move forward, you have to go into the holy place. When you step into the holy place, all things in the court were made of bronze. Stepping into the holy place, it's all gold. No bronze. Bronze were an image of the punishment of God. When God is punishing a people, the sky becomes as bronze. But when you want to move closer to God, you cannot use bronze anymore. You have to use gold. In the holy place, there is the tab table of showbread that represents the word of God. 
There is the altar of incense, which is prayer. And there is one more, lampstand. The lamp that light up the whole place is the Holy Spirit and our testimony as the church. So you can be a Christian who live in the court. You don't have gold. You do not want to sacrifice more. You do not want to go into the fire to get the gold. But if you want to get closer to God, you have to purchase the gold. You have to have the word in your heart. You have to have prayer and the fire of the Holy Spirit. So this is the domain of the Holy Spirit is the holy place. So it's your choice. You want to stay in the court or you want to come inside? If you want to come inside, there is no way. You have to receive the Holy Spirit. You have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit of God, fire will burn everything, just like in Romans 8. If you are being led by the Holy Spirit, then by the Holy Spirit, you let go of the desires of the flesh. You kill the desires of the flesh if you are being led by the Holy Spirit. But it doesn't stop there. There is another step, which is the most holy place. And you cannot go there without the blood. The blood of Jesus. And without the curtain, the veil, without surrendering, without crushing, without the veil is being torn, which is the body of Jesus. Without going through suffering, you cannot enter the next step, which is the most holy place. So, this is the place where we start asking for the Holy Spirit in prayer. And then the third one, this is also important, waiting in community. Acts 1, 14, all these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus and his brothers. Acts 2, verse 1, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. So we, not, we, we read here, they were in community. Why? And this community doesn't stop when they already received the Holy Spirit and they were being baptized and they were starting to speak in tongues. The community does not stop there. But the community continue to be the first church, the early church. Let me read from Acts 2, verse 42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together at, and, had one, and had all things in common. 
They were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes. They received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So this fellowship, this oneness continue, this community continue to become the early church. And this early church is very special because they come together, it's say day by day, they come to the temple together. If it's not because of the Holy Spirit, it's impossible. Right? If we ask you to come every day here, how about my work? How about my house? How about all the things that we need to do? But these people, they have work. They have houses. But because the Holy Spirit is pulling them, they come daily to the temple. And God is restoring His church. God is bringing his church to become even more in splendor, just like the bride of Christ. So we can expect what happened in the early church will happen again. The unity of the church will happen again by the power of the Holy Spirit. They were together, had all things in common. This is amazing. They were not only together physically, but they give their money. They distribute to any who had need. So the question is, why we have to be with others? God, our God, is a triune God. God the Father. God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, together become one. And God wants us to be in community, in unity with God, the triune God. How we can learn to be like God, three but one. Now we learn in families, husband and wife, two but one. And it's so difficult, right? Not easy. But God wants us to learn. Why we have to be in community? Because love can be practiced only when we have others. You cannot say, I love others if you don't have friends. That's why we have connect groups. We have people in the church. So we can practice how to love one another. It's not about only my family, only my children. It's not about that. God wants His church, the body of Christ. Loving God, loving others. And that's where the presence of the triune God will manifest. So let me invite the musicians and worshipers to come forward and let's just prepare our hearts.
Let's start. This is the time before Pentecost. Pentecost will be on Sunday next week. So this is the time where we come in prayer. Seeking, asking for the filling of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, fill me afresh. Fill me new again. I want to be filled. I want to surrender to you. Let us all stand up together in his presence.